is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are live at the warehouse today, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse let's talk a little byu football let's jump out to the smart rain special guest line it is no mystery utah is in an extreme drought that is why smart rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly find out more at smartrain.net she covers byu for the salt lake tribune she's norma gonzalez with us here on the big show norma thank you very much for a few minutes how are you pretty good how about you guys Hey, we're doing great. Both Gordon and I are, are currently seated in a very nice, comfortable couch, so we're having a very relaxed show today. Well, I'm just sitting on my bed, so I'm also having a relaxed time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound bad at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Norma, let's, uh, we've got camp right around the corner uh, for the Cougs. Um, the, the quarterback situation will be the number one story, I'm sure. Give us the lay mm-hmm. of the land. What's going on? For sure. Um, as far as the quarterback situation, I do not foresee them making a decision until at least two weeks in, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to tell us until the opening game against Arizona. It's just going to be one of those things where they keep it hush-hush and just, you remember like back in the 2019 season when Sack had already kind of recovered from his thumb injury, but they didn't want to say whether he was back or not. So it was like, Zach Wilson or Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney. I just feel like it's going to be that situation all over again. So what do you think? What's your opinion as far as, um, one, does the team know who it's going to be? And secondly, what do you think, Norma, of the uh, the effectiveness of doing it this way, waiting till the last second, as opposed to anointing somebody along the way and allowing him mm-hmm. to be – the obvious leader. Yeah, well, based off of what um, A-Rod and Kalani have said, I'm fairly certain that the team, like, that they, they haven't actually named someone yet. I'm sure they may have, like, a list in their mind of, like, who's sort of sticking out a little bit more at this point, but I don't think that they're going to make that decision until camp, probably a week or two weeks in, and then they're going to focus on that starter to make sure that he gets plenty of reps and get him ready for the Arizona game. Um, but as of right now, I, I don't see them having someone named amongst the team. And as far as like keeping it hush-hush, I guess it, you know, it could provide some type of advantage um, against their opponent. But other than that, there's not really much to gain from it. Um, it's just smoke and mirrors, in my opinion. But, I mean, if they... It is a tough race. I will say that. Even myself, like, I've seen Jaron Hall. I've seen Baylor Romney. I haven't seen Jacob Conover personally. So I don't know if I could even make a decision. But it's just a tough one to call. 
So, Norman, talking to, to BYU fans, it, it's kind of it seems prevailing to me that uh, there's not a ton of concern with Coach Roderick stepping into the offensive coordinator role in place of, of Coach Grimes. And it seems mm-hmm. to me that uh, most fans are kind of thinking that A-Rod was doing a lot of that work last year anyway and uh, that this is just kind of, you know, a good situation because you just move him into the position officially. Do you share that sentiment? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they'll miss Coach Grimes this year? I mean – of course, Grimes was like a great coach and great personality, but yeah, they the way they kind of had the position set up last year, um, Grimes was kind of a floating coach because he didn't really have a specific position to be coaching. So yeah, I, I kind of do agree with that sentiment. Where A. Rodgers, he's doing the same thing that he was last year, just now with the title, and now he's just overseeing the other coaches. So it's been a pretty easy transition from what I've been able to see, and I think. It will continue to just like the offense will continue to just take off from where they left off last year. There shouldn't be any hiccups in that regard. So, Norma, uh, the the uh, the Cougars lost an awful lot of their production, offensive production. But when you look at their receivers, for instance, one of the receivers gets drafted into the NFL, and yet their receiving core might is uh, I, I would project it to be stronger this time around mm-hmm. than it was last time around. They lose Dax yeah, Milne, sure. but they get the Nakua brothers and they get, uh, they get, uh, they still have Gunnar Romney there and Powell and, and, uh, and a tight end, you know, when they lost Matt Bushman last year, I thought, okay, that's a big blow because he was, mm-hmm. he was factoring to make a big difference in the offense. And yet then you have guys like Isaac Rex who emerge and now you've got an experienced sophomore coming back. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I don't know if people remember, but Dax Milne wasn't really someone that we thought about much on the depth chart. He took on this role because they knew that they might struggle because they had lost the three top receivers the previous year. And then with Matt Bushman getting injured, uh, BYU knew they were going to have to do something to to recoup in the receiving department. And Dax Milne really stepped it up. So losing him, although it's a hit, it wasn't someone that they had um, strong production from multiple years that you're like, oh, my God, like he's been the go-to guy all this time now. Who are we looking to? No, like they also have Gunnar Romney, who has been a steady production um, the whole time that he's been at BYU. And like you said, the Nakua brothers, they've pr- they're proven. They're good. Isaac Rex, I mean, he had, what was it, 10 touchdowns, I believe, as a freshman. That was insane. So, like, all these guys, they still have plenty. They still have um, Neil as well, too. So, yeah, they're locked and loaded in the receiving department, and it should be fun to see what they're able to do with them. What do you think this team's going to be like defensively, Norma? Where are they going to be good on defense? Defense, for sure, I feel like the corners are the strongest point. They have the most steps. They have the – they're just, like, older. The defense is fairly, fairly young, but the corner room is just – older which is kind of weird to say that BYU is kind of young because statistically and like over the past few years they're always like on the older spectrum just because you get all these guys that that come back from missions and they registered a year and whatnot but yeah they're they're really young on the defensive end a lot of freshmen and sophomores obviously because of the pandemic year that's kind of skewed things with their classification um so they're actually a little bit older than what they seem but as far as like experience i think the corners will will be the group to look to 
What about those linebackers? Because that's that's a pretty strong group as well, right? Even with the loss of Isaiah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Isaiah will definitely be missed. He was a great leader, uh, foremost on and off the field. But, yeah, they still have plenty of linebackers. Chas IU, I expect to have a pretty good year. Um, and then there's a bunch of guys that we've kind of seen, like, in and out. I think Max Tooley might also be popping back up. And then Peyton Wilgar has just been getting better and better each year. So, Norm, I know you've been covering BYU for a couple of years now, uh, but uh, going back a ways during the first round of, of conference expansion, um, you, you know, BYU was uh, – you went through the change to go to, to independence. There was even one point where – remember that guy in Texas, Gordon, who got hacked and it tweeted out that BYU and Air Force were going to the Big 12? <laughs> you remember that? There was so much uh, hubbub over it, that whole it, thing. And it, it's, as you know, been a huge conversation down there. Um, ever since, and I know the story just broke yesterday about Texas and Oklahoma. But have you gotten any vibes is, uh, around? Are, are I guess is BYU optimistic? Are they talking to folks, or is this uh, pretty much wait and see? The vibe that I've gotten the entire time I've been here is that BYU is always optimistic, and from what I've gotten from Tom Homo is that they will always try to be joining one of the P five conferences. So if there's a way in. I expect Tom to be making those phone calls, but whether they actually get in or not, I feel kind of up in the air because, I mean, wasn't the big reason why they didn't get into the Big 12 the most recent time was because the conference had an issue with BYU's honor code or something like that? Yeah, that so, was th- that did grab headlines, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, BYU can do everything they can, and I expect them to be doing that, but I feel like it's still kind of up in the air in terms of will they actually let them in. So, Norma, what do you think of this schedule? I mean, there are some, you know, there's seven uh, Power Five uh, teams on mm-hmm. that schedule. But, I mean, as I read through it, obviously SC and Utah, Arizona State, those are really good programs. But they're also, although Arizona State is uh, mired in scandal right now, but it seems as though the Cougars might be able to, well, at least consider this schedule manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, I think they could pull off an 8-4 record. Maybe squeeze into like a 9-3. Huh. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. And I think one of the toughest things is that they don't have a bye week up until November towards the end of their season. So really staying healthy is going to be their, their biggest um, priority. But I feel like that's always kind of the case because they always start with such a front-loaded schedule with their power fives, at least this time around, it's kind of spread out a bit. It's three power fives and three group of fives, then a couple other power fives. So, like, it's a little bit more spread out in terms of, like, difficulty, but it'll come down to whether they can stay healthy and, and avoid injury. Uh, Norm, I apologize if I if you reported on this and I missed, uh, but I, I I saw it somewhere that the game down there in Vegas is uh, almost sold out already, or at mm-hmm. least they've they've sold a, a ton of tickets down there. You know, if yeah. if that is the case and this game goes off uh, without a hitch, and you know all they can really draw fans to that stadium with that stadium now in Vegas, are, are we going to see BYU play a bunch more down there? Yeah, I actually, um, I talked about it a little bit in the story that I wrote about the buzz surrounding conversations with Notre Dame because there's that missing Notre Dame game. I think 
once we see how successful the game against Arizona is in Las Vegas, that will make it even more appealing for Notre Dame or other programs to then want to be able to do these neutral site games against BYU. I feel like both Notre Dame and BYU have that opening in 2022 because they both only have the 11 games scheduled. If this game goes well and they see that BYU draws in not only fans but people watching on TV, bringing in the money, there's no way Notre Dame could really say no to that offer. So, Norma, it seems to me like BYU, it's recruiting ranks, at least as far as whoever judges those things. BYU is usually like 70th or something in those mm-hmm. recruiting classes, and yet, uh, based on what we saw a year ago, it, it, it seems as though they are able to develop players and develop talent in a way that uh, where they, they succeed uh, higher than the so-called uh, judged talent that they're getting mm-hmm. into the program. Is that a matter of misjudging the talent, or is it a matter of BYU doing a good job of developing the guys in the program? I don't think it's so much misjudging. Of course, there's they do a good job of developing their players, but one of the coaches explained it to me. I don't remember who it was, but he said that BYU tends to um, have players commit to them very early on in their high school careers, that once they're committed to someone, other schools don't, especially like to a school at BYU, if they're like a legacy player, um, if like there's just some type of family connection or the church connection, whatever it is, usually players that come to BYU tend to have like a strong connection to the school. So then other schools sort of stop looking at them as much unless it's someone that's like supremely amazing. But because schools then stop looking at these players because they're like, no, they're committed to BYU and their brother played there or their dad played there, like that's it, that's where they're going, that hinders their rating as well because it also has to do with how many schools are looking at them and what caliber of schools are looking at them. So I think there's um, it's a mix of play. It's just a mixed bag. Um, but I would say the top thing is that they develop the players well. Second more, it's not that necessarily that they're like misjudged i guess it's just that they kind of get they stop judging them at a point once they commit to byu you know that's a really interesting concept isn't it jake (laughs) that who recruits uh does have an effect on how what the star rating is of the players absolutely uh, (laughs) norma that's uh that's one of the reasons i don't really get into recruiting that much (laughs) because it just seems like it's kind of twisted yeah well, Norma, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate uh, appreciate the insight, and uh, I think I speak for everybody when I say we're excited college football is here. Not that far off now, Norma. Yeah, we're so close. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. There you go. That's Norma Gonzalez. She covers BYU for the Salt Lake Tribune. She said 8-4. and four. I think the Cougars... <laughs> Okay, let me channel my Lavelle Edwards here. They have a chance to be a pretty good football team this year. That's what Lavelle said every year. Um, and that's what Kalani Sataki said about this team. Uh, I don't know about 9-3. and three. I, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, that would be one heck of a season, I think, for a team that really is... Considered to be, by some, to be in a bit of a rebuilding 
season. So if I if you look at their schedule, I because my initial reaction is that eight and four would be a, a really good. Okay, year. let's that's, go through. That's my it. initial reaction. But let me see, like Arizona. Okay, that should be a Cougar win. Well, hold on. Let's go through the guaranteed wins here for okay. a second, because because you know you show up and you're going to beat Idaho State. So okay. there's one, right? Uh, I would believe that even though it's a road game at Georgia Southern, uh-huh. we can probably put that one in the win column, right? Outside of that. I don't see any other guaranteed wins, which makes it a little bit, a little bit ticklish. Like, what what kind of South Florida team are you going to get? Yeah, I don't know. You know what kind of honestly, what kind of Utah State team are you going to get? I mean, you're uh, playing up there in Logan. I mean, that might be a guaranteed win, but I, I don't know. There, playing up there makes it tougher, but I think Utah State has a lot of questions. Baylor, I I read a bunch of negative stuff about Baylor the other day, but I'm not going to throw them into uh, into the automatic win category, you know those, right? You know those uh, probability percentages that various formulas have. That was that in the USC game were the two lowest Cougar probability win probabilities. Really? Yeah, I mean, what kind of team does Bronco have at Virginia this year? I have no idea. As I looked at those probabilities, I saw that the the ones that BYU had the the lesser uh, amount of probability of winning were just those two games, I believe. Even against Utah, BYU, according to this formula, which is kind of silly because I would pick Utah to win that game, but uh, it it had BYU at a 53% win. Probability. So it's not very. Th- this is a difficult c- schedule to predict, though, for mm-hmm. for that reason, uh, and why I think eight and four would be would be pretty good. I mean, Utah, I think, is going to be an uphill battle. Yes. USC, I think, is going to be a real uphill battle. Yep. Boise State, likely going to be tough because that's usually how it works. Outside of that, I mean, I'd pick them over Arizona. I don't know what Arizona State team we're going to see, but yeah. I've got no clue. That's probably they've got a be. lot of talent coming back. They do. That should that mm-hmm. probably is going to be a pretty difficult game. Um, S USF, we don't know. Like we were saying, Utah State, I'd I'd pick them over Utah State at this point, but it, I don't know up in Logan. Then Boise at home, uh, at Baylor, at Washington State. I mean, what kind of Cougar team are we going to get? They were better last year, but. I expected them to be awful last year, and they weren't awful. They weren't good, but they weren't awful. Yeah. So, you know, how tough is that game? We mentioned UVA. Um, then you've got Idaho State at Georgia Southern and then finish the season at USC. So I I think that's impossible to go through right now and accurately predict that schedule. I don't think, I don't think any of us would even come close. There's just too much unknown. A lot of variable there. And it could go either way. I mean, I think BYU could could have eight or nine wins, and it might have five or six wins. Right. It, it could be that. I, I lean toward the former. Uh, I don't know about nine. That sounds really, really positive. Uh, but uh, but I could see them with with eight wins, and that's what I think you said, right? I said uh, that would be good. Mm-hmm. If if BYU got eight wins with this schedule, fans should be very happy. Well, let's look at it. Go, let's go by by what we're looking at here. That BYU offense lost a lot of offensive production off its team last year because obviously the quarterback gets a lot of that, well, the, right? The and the number one receiver and one of the best left tackles in the country. Right. I mean that's all gone. And BYU, I think, lost three starters off that offensive line. But as as we talked about with Norma. That receiving core is better than it was last year. Better, in my opinion. Okay. Um, the running back, Tyler Algier, 
I mean, and 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 uh, Katoa. They, and then they got like three or four other guys that are lined up behind them. Should be pretty good. So th- that's going to be a strength. I mean, uh, Algeria got, a, I think, 1,130 yards or something like that. Average seven and a half carries, uh, yards per carry. Of course, that was against a relatively soft schedule. But he he's, he's a fine talent. And then uh, offensive line, can they fill in? Uh, they've got some guys who got a lot of playing time last year because BYU was so dominant. So, Brady Christians is pretty tough to replace, you know. But uh, they've got they've got some guys who can do that on the defensive end, as we talked about with Norma. I think the linebacking core is the strength of the team. She said the cornerbacks. I think it's the linebackers. Uh, if it is the corners, by the way, BYU's can have a pretty good defense. Yeah, because I think that actually allows Kalani to coach a style maybe a little bit more that. That he wants to coach. Does that make any sense? Yeah. 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 So if, that's, that, if that turns out to be true, that that could mean BYU has a really good defense. And if issue. they have that all you kid come and play safety, I mean, if then they're, they're in good shape uh, there, you would think. Yeah, but the but the defensive line, there's a lot of questions there. Yeah. Well, if you've got good corners, then you can blitz everybody and you don't need a defense. Well, and that's line. another thing because last year BYU did not – put enough pressure on the quarterback and that's been the case uh for when was the last time you remember BYU really really roughing up quarterbacks on the reg uh do you have to go back to to Fred Warner and Kyle Van Oy? I don't know where they necessarily I mean they could rush the passer but I think of them as doing so much more than rush the passer when I think I mean Ziggy was a good pass rusher when yeah. uh you, you know in his last year there at BYU um, there were a couple of Kafusis that, uh, oh, that did right. all right, rushing, yeah, right. Uh, rushing the passer. But I get your point. I mean, over the last few years, it seems like that's an area that needs improvement. Right. So, um, but if they have good cornerback play, that helps a lot because then you you don't have to drop back in those soft zones and you can actually blitz. I remember way back in the day in the NFL when the Raiders had those great cornerbacks. It seems like. That makes every other defensive position a whole lot easier to play. Oh, yeah. Big time. Well, I mean, why do you think guys like, um, oh, what was his first name who played for uh, Washington all those years? Green was his last name. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, or super fast uh, speed. Yeah. Guy. Why can't I wait? Is it Daryl? Daryl Green. That sounds right. Or or Deion Sanders, of course, yes. is the one that everybody knows. I mean, uh-huh. you know, later, you know, uh, Darrell Rivas had a couple of years where, you know, Rivas Island, remember all that. I mean, if you've got a corner that can legit take away the other team's best receiver without any help over the top, it might be the most valuable thing you can have on a defense. I mean, it, it, it opens up so much more that you can do. Well, I'll say it this way. If BYU's defense is – above average, they're going to be good because I think that offense is going to click. I don't know about the offense. That's where I'm, really? I'm not what, necessarily what makes you, with you. You don't think, you think the quarterback is going to be a problem? Uh, yeah. I they think they need some dynamic play from that position. Uh, I think they've got three guys there, all of whom have talent, and uh, the offensive line is going to have to do its job. But there, there are some strong suits. Well, I mean, I didn't say it's not going to happen, but, yeah, I don't think it's automatic. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think Zach Wilson was really good. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> so. Second pick in the draft. 
He did all right for himself. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up right around the corner. Thanks to Norma Gonzalez for jumping on with us today. We appreciate it. Live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. You come in this weekend and you say B-O-O-M, boom. They're going to give you an additional 10% off. They're already low, low, can't get it anywhere else low prices. So take advantage. (laughs) That's a new one. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. And to think that as far as Joe, I'm largely responsible. I may not many awards, Dave, but it gives me a sense of great pride knowing, yeah, I don't feed the naked, but in a sense, I've helped facilitate a connection. So I can feel good about it, you know, a little bit. Not quite like you, but I think I can feel good about it. You're not feeding the hungry, but you are uh, entertaining the board. So there's that. There's somebody stuck in traffic, stress, the weather's bad, you know. So what do I do? You entertain the board. Catch DJ and PK mornings from... 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. I want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Uh, their summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. You know, Jake, we talked about uh, about BYU. What do you think about the use? Um. Like a like from a record predicting standpoint. No, not necessarily specifics because, like you said, it's really kind of silly to get into that at this point in time. I think we have a little bit better idea of what some of Utah's opponents are going to be all about. So I think that makes it a little bit easier. I Charlie Brewer is just that's going to be really interesting to see the effect a guy like that has on the program. Um, yeah, if he is Jake Bentley, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> that uh, that didn't work out the way that you said. Of course, last year was kind of weird, but uh, but I mean, he he clearly was not the answer at that position. I mean, he got beat out by Cam Rising. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be condescending toward Cam Rising. That kind of came out that way. I didn't mean it to, uh, but he was not Utah's best quarterback last year, and I think we I think we found out why. And uh, speaking of Cam Rising, you're already uh, counting him out? Uh, no, not completely, but sort of. But, yeah. Well, look at what Brewer did down there at Baylor. So I after mean, he put up big numbers down there. and So after all our arguments last year about was Jake <laughs> Bentley promised the job, and you said it was going to be a, a healthy quarterback competition, out of all, of all of those arguments, now you're saying that Brewer has the job. Well, I'm saying it this way. This is where we... It differs. Is your incorrect projection last year? Because you said I cannot wait. You to hear said this. you said Jake Bentley was, was promised, promised the job, to die, and he wasn't. He wasn't even named the starter. See, we're wrong about that. I bet he was promised the job, and then they saw him play. <laughs> you don't think that they'd seen him play prior to? <laughs> I bet they promised him the gig, and then they got him in. And thought, this is wow. how this is how this situation is different. Charlie Brewer was not promised the job, but how, how do you know? Well, I, in my opinion, but he they, he was promised but, the job. But he is he 
looks like well for one thing cam rising hadn't been able to play Uh and so brewer comes in and they say huh yeah okay he's what we thought he was so i don't think i don't think a promise was made but i think they i see they see him as the best option totally different that's that's it is different it is it's totally different just different in your mind no it's totally different it's just different the way you're imagining it working no You were wrong last year, and you, you'd be wrong again this year. I don't think I was wrong last year, and it's just funny that this the, is okay, your Okay, then, then why did Cam Rising start? Uh, because Bentley did not turn out to be really, you know, good. Well, yeah, but he can't. Then obviously he wasn't promised, unless he was lied to. Well, if he was as good as they thought he was, then why did they recruit him? Well, they thought he would be good. But that's okay, different anyway, than promising just, someone something. Just amuses me. I hope uh, I hope players aren't promised, because I agree with Kalani Stocky from that standpoint. You got to earn that spot, and I. But I think Brewer has shown an awful lot what he's capable of doing. And okay, all right, no promise. But let's see. My anyway, it'll to- be totally different. I stand corrected. It'll be. It is. It is totally different. I know. In your mind, it is. Uh, In my mind. The the running back situation, I think, is interesting, Jake, with uh, Bernard and and then the the transfers, Pledger, and uh, who's the other one? Curry. Uh, So I, you know, and and then they might might be someone else. Who knows? The Utes. If I were a running back and for whatever reason I was unhappy with my situation somewhere else, Utah is one of the first places I would consider. Why is going. that? Do you think I'm? I'm going to just pick your brain here, Gordon. Maybe we'll. Why? Why do you two, think that? Two why, words. Why do you think that is? Two words. Kyle Whittingham. Because they run it, you know. <laughs> right. So if they turned into the the air raid, which you've been advocating for for years, I have not. Then then Jake, why why would why, you? Why do you keep misrepresenting my position? You told on this me thing? last tell, week you wanted them to throw sixty percent of the time. No, I didn't. You did too. No, I yes, didn't. You did. You said it's sixty forty hey, split. If it ain't on tape, I didn't say. Oh, we can find the tape. Oh, okay. Then if you can find it, then I'll apologize. Sixty forty. Uh, <laughs> 55, maybe. I, 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 then look, you don't want to come here, uh, to Utah as a running back. Yeah, you do, because you're still getting lots of action. Just not, not any more than you would anywhere else, not, which is not, the current draw to the job. Yeah, but no, because... Yeah, but what? No, because running backs are successful at Utah. Why is that? Oh, not because... It's not just because they get the ball it so is, much. No, yes, no because if you're a capable passing team, then it opens up opportunities. Think about uh, what some of the great running backs at Utah would have done if they'd had great quarterbacks who were throwing the ball over the yard, all over the yard. That would have helped them gain. Their, no, no, their, no. Average, their average per carry would be up around no. 9, 10 the yards. How did, how did the running backs at USC do last year? Gordon, that, running that, backs, running back you. How did it. they do? That's got nothing to do with it. Why, why did they do? Why yeah, did they not? Well. That's got nothing to do with it. Besides, it has everything to do with it. That's not the offense that I'm advocating for the Utes. I'm just going off of what Nick Saban said when he was talking to the coaches. I know. And he said, you can't win at the top level of college football by running the ball all the time. He said, that's the way I used to think, and I, it's changed now. Well, good for him. Offense, well, he knows a little something. Yeah. Does he know what's right for Utah football? I think he the knows, only time they, they, I mean, those he, two teams have again, played, he again, lost. Again, we're talking. That's just such a BS comment. 
I mean, really? You're going to say that? It's true. Utah's football program is superior to Alabama. No, what's good at Alabama isn't necessarily what's good at Utah. And I'll, I'll say to you the same thing I said to you when that quote came out and you were impressed by it. That's so easy for him to say. Well, it doesn't matter. It's true. It's true no matter. Is he, it? he was talking to coaches. It was a coaching clinic for coaches across the board across the country. He wasn't just talking for Alabama. He was talking to everybody. And and I think he's right. You have to be able to throw the football, throw it effectively, in order to reach the top echelon of whatever realm you're in, whether it's high school or college or pro. You've got to be able to do it. The other isn't good enough anymore. It, it, might, it might be good enough to win the South, but it's not good enough to win the Pac-12, and it's not good enough to go to the college football playoff, at least it hasn't been in the past. So you're holding Utah to the college football playoff I'm talking now. about the elite of college football. Uh-huh. And Utah would be there if not I, for them being able to throw the ball more. Well, there have been some years when the Utes, I think, would have uh, been pretty darn good if they'd been able to conquer the passing game, in addition to their great running attack. I hold Utah to a high standard because I think it's a quality program that should be held to that kind of standard. Just like any other team that is a contender for its conference championship. And why are they a contender for their conference championship? Jake, this is the dumbest discussion. How is it dumb? I just asked a question. Come on. What do you mean, come on? You know exactly what I'm saying. You can be effective both running and passing. It's not an either-or situation, and that's what you're suggesting. I'm saying what Utah does works pretty well. There's a reason that, that baller running backs want to play there. Have they won the Pac-12 yet? No, oh, they've been in the title game twice. Have they won it? They've been in the title game Have twice? Have they won it? What's I just their, answered your what's question. What's their goal every year? To win the freaking conference championship. Okay. And they're Utah competing in the Pac-12. That's 50% stupid. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what he was talking about, the, the pass run pretty percentage? Pretty much, yeah. Uh-huh. That 50-50 is 50% stupid. Um, so going through Utah's, uh, yes, I, I think you're entirely right, Austin. Going through Utah's schedule, uh, automatic wins, Gordon, Ws. I'd probably put Arizona in that category. Yeah. I don't know about the Beavs. It'll be interesting to see because I think that uh, Jonathan Smith, I think, is a pretty good coach. Yeah, and that program Utah should win that game. That's, at, uh, that's in Corvallis. But, yeah, okay, we can throw that in there. Uh, Weber State, obviously, that's an automatic W. Those would probably be my three automatic wins. They're playing at San Diego State. Is there that's other? An, that's an automatic. You think? I don't know what kind of what kind of team are the Aztecs going to have this year. Mm, not as good. Going as automatic. No, you are. Auto- you have turned auto- into a snob. Automatic is is pretty uh, one sided. But that that I would consider that should be a win. Should be a win, so that's, right? That's, but I'm kind of counting up the automatics. Cause, and then are there any automatic losses on Utah's schedule? The USC game is a really difficult one for the Utes because that's down at the Coliseum, and I don't think Utah has won in the L.A. area for over 100 years. So, I mean, that that will be – It's in uh, – oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. at the Coliseum. It is. You're right. That, that's a tough one, although the Utes do get the, a bye week the week before. So that should be uh, helpful. I don't think I'm going to say automatic loss, though. 
Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say automatic loss no. anybody, but that's as close as it gets. I think. Uh, I think Oregon's be pretty good, but that game's at home. But that game's also in November. Yeah. Which. I mean, does Utah Utah in the past hasn't had the team depth to withstand key injuries and really perform at a high level in November? Well, that yeah, but that's sort of. Well, <laughs> I thought that went away, but. Uh, I don't, yeah. Oh, I don't think it's gone away. I mean, on certain years, I don't think it's ever going to go away just based on the nature of college football and the fact that Utah isn't Alabama where you have a great senior class and it's all even and you have terrific All-American players no matter what. Utah, I mean, it's just as likely for the other guys to be hurt as the Utes. Yeah, but it's the second and third stringers. At Alabama, you have an All-American stepping in for all the All-American yeah, well, that just Alabama, got hurt. Well, Alabama's a tough, uh, a tough comparison. But that was my point, that yeah. Utah is not Alabama and can't do that. So some years, Utah's going to yeah. be deeper than others. This mm-hmm. year, uh, the odds of, of Utah being able to withstand some of that stuff in November, I think, is fairly high because they're bringing all these players back who got extra years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you're not deep this year, then... <laughs> you're probably never going to be deep because yeah. you didn't lose. I mean, Utah, really, they didn't lose any players. That They lost a couple, of, Thompson no, a couple of people to transfer. Yeah. But as far as usually we're talking about a, a senior class exodus that has a couple of draft picks and usually what, Gordon, you know, seven, eight, nine impact guys on an average year. Well, if you're going to make the comparison with uh, with Oregon, maybe that's that's applicable to what you were talking about there. You would expect – wouldn't you kind of think that Oregon might have more athletes in the program than than Utah? I don't know if that's absolute, but uh, uh, that that's that and maybe SC. But my biggest uh, question for Utah outside of the quarterback, we'll see. You know what quality of play uh, we get from that position, and there's some unknowns there. Is that Ty Jordan? And I man, it just it hurts to bring up his name, but he's he's so relevant to these conversations. Yeah. I mean, he was such a star. Where's the star factor on Utah's offense going to come from? I think they need they need a Zach Moss or a Ty Jordan or and maybe that's a different position because you're in love with the passing game. Maybe that's somebody a tight end or something. But where is that? Well, where Brant Keith he's just a fantastic tight end. He's he's a star. His problem at times is he draws a crowd. So um, yeah, can he go out and get you double digit touchdowns? Uh, you know, like they, they yeah, need. I think he can. It, so maybe it's him. I, that That's my question. Like, I, I think Ty Jordan, the reason Utah's offense was good at all last year was because of him. Uh, I think Brian Keithy is, is a real Yeah, talent. but nobody could throw him the ball. That was a bit of an issue. Yeah. So, but this time around, yeah, they're going to miss Ty Jordan, and, and that's, that's tough. But uh, these transfers that they have coming in, along with Bernard, they can probably find it a talent at that position, and if Charlie Brewer is better than Jake Bentley, which I think he will be, uh, then that advances uh, the cause for them. The offensive line, I think, led by Nick Ford, has an opportunity to be pretty darn good, and uh, and the defense is a Utah defense. It's be- I think it's actually going to be one of Utah's better defenses. Yeah, I mean the 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 talent that they brought back, and they're they're super deep, and they've got. They've got studs. They got the over. best linebacker yeah. in the Pac-12, and and they have uh, you know guys like Clark Phillips in the back, and uh, Vontae Davis, and who else? Uh, 
that that uh, that defensive line up front has I mean that's that's a formidable group too. So yeah. Let's see. Uh your guy Keithy played in five games. Well they only played five games, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But five games he had twenty five catches, two hundred and thirty six yards. Average 9.44 yards per catch, zero touchdowns. That's because the year before he was so effective that opposing defenses were all over him. No, and no, no I, I, I agree, and he had nobody throwing him the ball. But right. the, the, I mean, you know, now we're talking about can you go out there and have an All-American like you. He That's can, what I'm talking about. I, star can. factor. Can you go out and who's the star of this offense? Well, he's an All-Pac-12 tight end. And then you have, if, if Britton Covey can stay healthy, that's an if. But if he could stay healthy, then that that's a real problem area for uh, for opposing defenses. I don't know, Jake. It's uh, there's obviously we're all just guessing here. And uh, I wrote a column about this that'll be uh, in the Tribune here coming up some one of these days. And it is. It's 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 we're guessing at this point. And that's why when you go through the schedule and you say, okay, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win. You can maybe go with probabilities. But it's certainly far from a guarantee, and we all know that. We've got a market update coming up next. Sam Amick at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Rises and fires for three. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. You're outstanding. But the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league the zone will be with the jazz every step of the way as the jazz front office builds for the future your exclusive home of utah jazz basketball is right here on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network Oh, hey guys, Jake here for my friends at Peach Window and Door. They are a locally owned and operated company. They are passionate Utah Jazz fans. Cindy, the owner and her group, they are wonderful. If you can dream it, they can do it when it comes to windows and doors. In fact, uh, give them something challenging. They appreciate a good challenge, uh, the good folks there at uh, Peach. They're Utah's premier window and door retailer that combine beauty and technology on windows and doors. They've been doing it since 1993. Listen, they make it easy. They are a turnkey window and door company uh, they don't believe in high pressure sales they want you to get uh, exactly what you want they're not going to put you uh, push you in one direction or the other uh, they absolutely believe in customer service they talk to their customers when you call them uh, they will talk to you they will answer no ghosting and part of the reason there's no ghosting is because uh, they don't do subcontractors they will install your windows and doors and back them up with guarantees designed to create satisfied customers they offer 0% financing. They have free in-home estimates. So bring them out to the house. Show them exactly what you need done. There's a few ways to get the ball rolling. You can jump online, peachbuildingproducts.com. They have over 255 star reviews on Google. Go by their beautiful showroom. It's amazing. You can see for yourself what they can do, 2940 South, 300 West. Or call them, schedule one of those in-home estimates, 801-566-1255. That's 801-566-1255. Peach, window, and door. I did my best to notice when the call came down the line up to the platform of surrender 
This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. Gordon, how did the markets do today? Uh, it was a mixed, uh, mixed day, but uh, still in the green. Um, I think there was sort of a uh, surprising jobless claims kind of number in there, but still ended up, like I said, on the positive side. The Dow, Jake, was up uh, over just over 25 points. Straight cash, homie. The NASDAQ was up uh, a healthy 52.6 points. Cash. And the S&P was up just shy of nine points today. Yeah, that was one area where I had invested a little bit of cash. (laughs) What was I talking about on that one, Austin? Now, that's your voice saying those words in that order. So I know, but what, what were we talking about? I didn't about get it? that bite. I think that's from before I was around. Really? Wow. Okay. I think it was your car. Oh. I was trying to think of a like a like a joke surrounding like I invested in a windshield company that <laughs> the value recently went up for some reason. <laughs> I had a uh, a gentleman come to the house earlier today who was uh, giving an estimate on uh, a certain home improvement. Can we guess what that is? Yeah. What was that uh, That super wash bidet Austin was talking about the other day? The tsunami? The tsunami. Actually, you, that did Are you come getting up. a bidet put in? No, no. We're uh, redoing. You and Austin Collie, huh? We're redoing a bath. <laughs> we're redoing a bath. The, tsun- the tsunami? I don't know. We're going to get the. Well, if you're going to do it, do it right, man. <laughs> yeah, get something that really is going <laughs> to do gonna the job. going to take the paint off. No, I mean, that that was one item that came up. The request was, uh, was made, do you want one? And I said, I don't know. I want two, was the answer. <laughs> two? Uh, uh, okay. So, anyway, so you anyway. had someone at your house. Yeah. Uh, Came in and uh, was uh, evaluating the situation. And then he he said, uh, he said, uh, I see, I see uh, the, the evidence of, uh, you know, what those guys give you a hard time about, about the cars. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. That was the first thing out of my mouth. I only have one Porsche. So, it's so you should be Porsche. proud. You should be proud, Jake. Yeah, well. uh, he 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 said he's a regular listener. But, yeah, that was one area where I had invested a little bit of cash. Uh, was in my car. <laughs> he noticed it right I'm away. I'm sure he. So. I don't. I don't know how you couldn't. Huh? Yeah. And, and I was. I was rather <laughs> shy about that, you know, because I don't like talking about that. Nor do I like drawing attention to myself in that way. So, I. I, I yeah. I, I right. Sort of, I sort of brushed right. aside. And. Because uh, people who drive said, cars like that don't like attention. And, yeah, I, and right. I immediately said, "Don't you think uh, Jake and Austin are too mean to me?" No, I didn't. Bring, I didn't bring that up. I didn't want to bring that up. Either did he. 
<laughs> he, he, he did not. He did not. But it's like, wow, Austin and Jake are right about everything that they said. Look at those, look at those cars. Wow. I, no, as it pertains to that one thing. Okay. Yeah, not not everything. But anyway, well, was, get yourself the tsunami, man. You'll yeah. you deserve it. Treat yourself. I mean, but is that like old faithful? It's I mean, like you're they, riding one of those uh, fire hydrants in the old cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> he said. Uh, the one gentleman said that uh, that's a real th- that's a real thing these days that a lot of people are getting the bidets, and I, I've, I've never I've never experienced that, <laughs> but uh, oh, something to consider the tsunami <laughs> going you know, into Gordon's I'm, bathroom. I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming that you come out feeling fresher and cleaner. You're going to find out, buddy. All right, we're at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. Is that like a fire hose? It's the warehouse. Uh, joining us now, our friend Clayton. Hello, Clayton. What's up, Jake? What's up, Gordon? Clayton, do you suggest going with a bidet or not? You know, it's not my thing, although my dad loved them. I, I don't really necessarily like anything shooting that direction. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Yeah, very well said. All right, Clayton, what should we get into here? So, listen, we talk about it all the time. It's our bread and butter. It's time to talk about our adjustable bases. We're the best price in Utah. Not only Utah, I'm, I'm bold enough to say the west of the Mississippi. I don't really know the eastern United States, so let's stick and be safe and say the western part of the country If you've ever thought about getting an adjustable base, we are definitely the place to come check out and buy your adjustable base. Let me explain to our listeners who might not know what an adjustable base or what an adjustable bed is. In short, you take out the slats, you take out your box springs, you keep your headboard, your slats, uh, sorry, you keep your headboard, your rails, and your footboard, and you put in a base that your mattress sits on top, and that base adjusts. The head comes up, and the feet come up. It's kind of like the feeling when you're in a hospital bed. It's kind of that feeling. You have a base that by remote will move your head up and move your feet up, and we've got the bases with all the bells and whistles. That means that you have two zones that vibrate, that give you that massage on the head section and on the foot section also you have two on each side usb connectors meaning you want to charge your phone you click it in directly to the base close to you easy to use hard not hard to find like the uh, you know the outlets in the wall it's easy to connect easy to charge your phone and of course they have led lights below if something falls under the bed you can pick it up these adjustable bases on the internet at my competitors are anywhere from $5,000 to maybe $4,000 on a good deal. Here at the warehouse, you come in and buy both bases. I'm doing the split king, that's his and hers, at $28.99, but it gets better. You come in and buy those bases and mention the B O O M, boom. I'm going to throw in a free mattress, and it's not just a cheap mattress. It's the mattress of your choice. You come in and decide. If you want the full memory foam, choose the full memory foam. If you want the standard, the normal plush pillow top, take the normal plush pillow top. 
if you want the top of the line, memory foam, gel-infused hybrid, take the hybrid memory fuse. Bring your wife in, bring your significant other in, lay on it for 10, 15 minutes, have Uncle Clayton give you the, give you the whole show. I promise it will change your life. Come and see us. Get your adjustable bed now. Stop sleeping like you slept in the 80s. Get with the times. Get an adjustable bed. At these prices, no one can beat it. $28.99, you buy the two bases, I give you the two free matches on top of that. Boom. Boom. Thank you, Clayton. B-O-O-M. Boom. Coming this weekend and uh, take advantage of that. <clears throat> all those great deals. We'll have Sam Amick, our good friend, coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.